What are you afraid of losing by changing? Uh, the, the key three for me were people, how people look at you, and time. So the first one is the people. Okay, we're afraid that when we change, the people around us, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna react poorly, they're gonna do this, that, what have you. Again, we make the story up in our head of what's gonna happen. So my, how I would answer that is, okay, if people are not gonna accept you wanna change to better yourself, those people need to be lost. They need to go. And that's, it, that's you know, friends, family, that's the television programs that are telling you that you aren't this, that, what have you. It's the radio shows that are encouraging you to think that you're nothing. Whatever it is, lose it. Because what you're feeding your mind is gonna be a huge factor in you moving forward. So lose the people, lose the negative emotions, lose the negative voices, get rid of them. The second one is how people think about you. So people are gonna think about you based on how you present yourself to the world. When you make your change and you step into your greatness, people are gonna go respond in light. They're gonna to respond to your greatness. And again, if they're gonna support you, they'll be there for you. If they're not, lose them. They don't need to be around you. And then lastly, it's time. So again, it's, oh, you know, it's gonna take me time to change because it's work. This isn't easy to take the time to look internally, invest in yourself. It takes time. Welcome to Why She's Winning with your host, Christy Rutherford, a master of office politics and self-care advocacy. Christy's clients have received over 10 million in salary raises in a pandemic. Surprised that women are still getting paid during these challenging times? It's possible for you too. You can have it all if you believe you deserve it. Christy and her guests will assist you with that. Let's get started. Hello, hello, welcome everyone. Oh, you look cute, Rochelle. I just, I just looked at you because you know I've been rushing in the background. Yeah. How fine you are. Thank you. Uh, okay, so welcome everyone to Why She's Winning. I am your host, Christy Rutherford. And today I have the phenomenal, the amazing, brilliant, gorgeous, talented, paid, Rochelle Stokes. So let me tell y'all a little bit about Rochelle right quick. Currently, Rochelle is the Compliance Strategic Portfolio Program Manager for Deutsche Bank. Did I get that right? You did, yes. <laughs> That's within the past two months. We did that. Mm. Uh, before that, she was the Government Governance, Risk, and Compliance Senior Program Manager for Contigo. Yeah. Oh, and then she also worked at J.P. Morgan Chase and Bankers Liability and Casualty. She has her MBA from American Intercontinental University. She has her bachelor's in chemistry from King's College in London. She has her PMP, MBA, OPP. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much for that introduction. Thank you, Christy. <laughs> I hope everyone's having a wonderful Friday. Yes, it's Friday. Um, yes. All right, so Michelle, let's talk about it. Um, so what was going on? I be forgetting how fine I am. Are y'all looking at me right now? It's have you seen me, Michelle? It's it's a glorious day. You know, I got my hair straight. <laughs> fine. Anyway, so Michelle, so what was going on with you when you were like, um, I, I need to change something. I need to be different. What was going on? So. I'm going to go back to 2020. As we know, that was like the first year of the pandemic. Everyone's, I was, you know, fortunate enough to be one of the people that was, had a, still had a job and was working remotely. 
And during that year, I, you know, working hard, putting in the work and everything. And I, it just occur, it occurred to me that I felt like I was kind of like in this, this loop with my career where I wasn't going backwards, but I wasn't necessarily moving forward either. And I was like, I need to fix this. I need to do something about this. And I saw your content on LinkedIn, Christy, and I, all of it resonated with me. I was like, she knows what I'm going through. This, this is what I'm talking about. So I reached out to you in January of 2021. And I'm like, I need to talk to Christy Rutherford. So reached out to you and I actually got to talk to you directly, which was great. And it was interesting because during that conversation, there were some of the questions you had asked me that I hadn't really been thinking about because I was coming to you because I want to advance my career. And you're like, that's great, Rochelle. What about the rest of your life? And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. But, you know, I want to get to the next level in my career. Let's let's go. Let's go. So you said, OK, cool, we'll do that. Um, you know, I wasn't ready to move forward at that time. You said, you know, whenever you're ready, let me know. I kept in contact with you and I I, visit, I attended some of your weekend sessions and I, you know, I signed up for one. Then fast forward to the end of April, May of last year, and a whole lot of things had shifted both in my professional life, in my personal life, things were not going well. And I knew that, yes, this is the time that I need to do something about it because I was not going anywhere good anytime fast. So I was like, I need to make the change. I think you're on mute. Okay. Yeah. Even see, who in your house washing dishes? Tell them the dishes can be washed at one o'clock. Is it lunchtime in your house? <laughs> I ain't playing. We can hit the kitchen. <laughs> Who in your kitchen? Can you can you hear me? Yes. You're so funny. You said I'm not even gonna answer that. All right, so we're gonna move on. <laughs> that was that was awkward. <laughs> So let me see if I can remember. So what was my state of mind? I was not in a good state of mind. So as I mentioned, there was a lot of different things that were happening in professional, personal life. They were all clashing together all at the same time. Very overwhelmed, not in a good state of mind. Um, I had turned from this woman who had never experienced an anxiety attack to someone who experienced two in the space of three weeks. Um, I, you know, simple things were really getting to me. I mean, I remember receiving an email from work. It wasn't a critical email. It was just a matter of fact, factual email. It. I was in such a state that I had to lock my computer, go to my closet and sob for t like 10 minutes because I was just in, in anguish and I had no idea what was going on. And 
I, I remember that day very clearly because I did go off for a walk and I spoke with, with Christy. I spoke with my husband. I was like, I'm going to do something about it. And I think I know who I'm going to work with to, to get through it. He was super supportive. He said, Michelle, take care of you. You know, I want you to be happy to do you. So that then I believe on the phone when I was with Christy, I had told her that, you know, I'd signed up for her weekend thing. And she was like, nope, forget that girl. You're going to come to my um, workshop next week i'm going to send you all the paperwork we're going to do whatever we need to do to get you in this but you're you are coming and you're going to work with me and the coaches next week i will not take no for an answer <laughs> you, you know it's interesting when you say that right because a lot of times people are they like the hard close people there's a difference in in me saying oh no you're gonna work with me because you're melting and you don't have long yeah if you mess around and slip on a banana peel, it's over. So there's a difference between I don't hard clothes. I don't have to. But if you're in code red, oh, I'm going to call you out on it and be like, oh, no, we're going to do something today because you can't continue on like this. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing about being stressed out. Sometimes the people around you that love you don't know what to do. They don't, they don't know how to assist you. And women are continuously being the superwoman, right? And, and melting while people are like, I really don't know what to say to her. I don't know what to do. And then when I get on the phone, I'll be like, oh no, I ain't no way I can get off this phone and let you. But, but here's the thing, Rochelle, a lot of women do get off the phone and then melt and then, you know, things pop off. So I can't save everybody. So I'm glad you said yes. Um, so <laughs> Me too. What was what was the the I would say the one thing that relieved some of the pressure that you were going through? Because I always say, you know, an anxiety attack I used to have them is really based on a decision that you're unwilling to make. And we don't have to get into all your business, but what was like one or two things that you did to to like hit that button and release some of that steam that some of the women can do today? So one thing that really helped me, and I mean, it started with the. Um, when I started in the program was it was interesting because during the first call with the the lady the other amazing ladies and the coaches and Christy you know there was a lot of you know questions going around and I initially I thought I think I'm in the wrong place because all these women are put together all these women like they're excellent in their you know in their prospective businesses they have their own businesses they're doing amazing I'm in the wrong place but then as I was listening to what was being asked and their answers even though we had separate and very different experiences everyone was kind of on trending around the same type of thing and going through similar things not the same but similar things that that I could relate to and it was during that first session and also doing the work the pre-work before it that I recognized that I was I had a lot of negative emotions going on one of them in particular that was you know I had the I was had got into this vicious cycle of resentment guilt anger and it was just a cycle that I I recognized I was able to identify I just didn't know how to get out of it and so working with you and the coaches I you know being able to pinpoint that and then figuring out the steps and actions that I needed to take to get out of that cycle. So what were some of the common things, right? Like, because a lot of women want to do one-on-one -on -one with me. I don't do one-on-one anymore. -on -one. I'm over it. I like people though, but the group is so effective. And, and I always say like, we think 
we suffer so much alone. Even the grandmother, the abuela, and Encanto. Did you watch Encanto? Did you see the movie? It's so good. You got to watch it. It's on Disney Plus. It's amazing. She was suffering by herself. Does that make sense? So a lot of us suffer and we and we self-destruct in our heads because we think we're by ourselves. But once you get around a, a group of women and you'll be like, oh, my God, I'm not by myself. Right. Like what was mm-hmm. what was some of the commonalities that that you found in, in that group of high achieving, high power women? And it's and it's no more than seven in, women in a group. We talked to 100 people. We got time for that. So some of the commonalities, um, again, it's, you know, wanting to you know, we're all givers. So wanting to give our best to everyone all the time. That's a big one. Um, also, it's the, you know, I know I can be doing better and no one can see why I'm not doing better. And like, people should be able to see that I'm doing, I, you know, I can do so much more. Um, and I'm trying to think of another one. Uh, and also too, it's, you know, yeah, I think that wanting recognition from other people and people not seeing your value that was something else that came up uh, a lot too. So what was the, what was the, um, I did a radio show in the Bahamas yesterday and the teachers were like, teachers are suffering. And then the hotel people were like, well, the hotel people are suffering more than the teachers. And I'm like, don't compare your suffering. (laughs) Everybody's going through something. And then you were like, well, single people, y'all are going through nothing. Single people were going through something in the pandemic. Like, I'm lonely. I'm in the house by myself. And then the married people were like, I got to look at my spouse. And then then, then the moms with, who were married with the kids were like, oh, my God, these kids are at home. And then you had your parents with you as well. What, how, how were you, I would say, what's the difference between how you showed up with them before? And then you got to add the work on top of that. And you, you know, basically take care of yourself to some of the things that you can do to be able to manage all the dynamics between mom, daughter, and wife? So it was, I mean, for me, I really recognized through the program that I had basically zero boundaries. I hadn't set any boundaries in my personal life. I hadn't set any boundaries in my professional life. Working from home during the pandemic, everything's kind of merges together. And when you don't have those boundaries, of course it gets, overwhelming very quickly and you know being high achieving women we we want to be we want to be there for everyone to do our best all the time and oftentimes though it's in spite of ourselves it's not managing what we're dealing with and what we're how we're taking care of ourselves so what is that what does that mean uh with regards to setting boundaries right because we say it all the time and and to women who are melting it sounds easy but but give us an example of you know a a boundary that you set that was actually um you know one when you started to set the boundary how you there's fear in that because you think there's going to be rejection and then and then was it accepted or was it rejected you know, give us like, you know, a specific, it doesn't have to be like a specific example, but, you know, something around when you started to set boundaries, what happened after that? Well, for the most part, it was accepted. I I do recall there were instances where it was almost, I guess, surprising because it, I haven't been doing, I hadn't been doing it before. So when I 
was starting to set the boundaries or I was starting to call out certain things or behavior, it was kind of like, oh, okay, we're doing that now type thing. Um, but <laughs> but again, it's, it, it wasn't as devastating and it wasn't as horrific as I had thought it would be in my mind when I actually did it, you know, more or less people were kind of like, okay, that's that's fine. Um, it was a matter too of, you know, saying no more and that being a full sentence. And and also too, it was times as well where when I felt like I was getting to a point where it was just too much, stepping away and just, you know, being like, you know what? I need a few minutes. I, I just need to be by myself. I just, you know, I just need some time um and then regroup and be able to get back and get back into the swing of things so let's talk about the power of disengagement and stepping away because you because you landed something with that um for for a woman who high achieving because it was just having uh, this conversation last night with with some of the women um sometimes you you create conflict right if if everybody in the house is stressed out, everybody's going through something, right? So it's, it's chaos on chaos and chaos is doing this. It only takes one person in the house to become harmonious and then everybody else will respond. And typically that's the mama. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? When you can always say, well, mama ain't happy, ain't nobody <laughs> happy. So the disengagement, was that something, cause that's an active response. Does that make sense? So is was that this who was that disengagement with was it with everybody and then what was the difference in the scenario that would have happened had you not disengaged with regards to when you did choose to disengage So the scenario of if I wouldn't have disengaged would have been basically just me stewing in my own my own negativity, my own thoughts. Like again, like I mentioned earlier, this, you know, this the resentment, like people should know that I need some time. Like people, like people should read my mind. Like I need this time right now. Like why do people not see this? Um <laughs> so being active with it and you know and communicating that with people because they can't read your mind. Uh it's you know it gave me that peace, that harmony where it was like, you know what? I need space. Sometimes it was five minutes. Sometimes it may have been a bit longer. Sometimes it was like I need to take a like I need to take a nap like now, or I'm just like it's just not going to look pretty. So, and and again, people were okay with that, which was which initially was surprising, but now it's the norm. So, <laughs> <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I remember you know being at work stressed out. And the guys would bring something. They would wait for me at like seven o'clock in the morning. When I walked in the door, would be waiting to like give me bad news. I was like, "Oh my god, I haven't even had my coffee yet. Just, just give me time to get to my desk." Hell has met me when I opened the door to the office. Does that make sense? And so, in in the middle of the day, they would bring something, and then we have this emotional reaction to it. And I, and and once I was like, "You know what, Chrissy, you got to get it together." So okay, so I went. In, you know, initially want to like respond. I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go in my office and I'm going to breathe for five minutes. And they would be like this. Okay. I would go in the office. I put my earbuds in and, the, and you know, I would listen to the guy in meditation. The lady says, come back into your body. 
Feel your fingers and toes in our in our fight or flight response. We're we don't we we're not in our bodies. We're on somebody else's forehead. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, and it doesn't matter if you're at work, if you're at home. Like, we're reacting and we're not responding. And so, it is a conscious decision to stop and and until it becomes a natural habit. Because our habit is response, and then and then it and then it all goes sideways. And then we beat ourselves up at night because we should have handled it better. But in the heat of the moment, you know, um, I'll come back out and I'll be like this. Okay, so what's the now I can properly receive the problem and offer the response that they need because that's what they desire from a leader. You know, this is what your family desires as the mom or the wife or the daughter. Um, So it is an active thing is not. One day, God is going to come down and he's going to give me the patience to be able to manage my life. It's like, no, you have to stop and say, because we all want patience, Rochelle. I don't even ask for it no more because then you get tested. Uh, you're like, we're just going to make it do what to do. But it is an active, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go take a nap. And then people are like, because once they see the break in the energy and you're actually okay, then they give it to you. They be like this, do you need a nap or something? Uh, do you need to walk away and breathe, mom? Because you know you're you're not here. So have you noticed that they've actually requested that of you? If you get spun up in the moment and you and you're not able to calm down. So uh, yes, actually I have, and I've noticed that actually with my son, he has you know he'll say a comment like, "Mom, you're not being very patient right now." <laughs> and so it's like, okay, I need to pause and take a step back and leave this alone because I don't need to be disciplining you in out of anger so okay let me let we'll come back to this we're going to come back to this but okay I I get it (laughs) well well that's interesting right because if 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 we use the Monique talks about this all the time right like if your family's reaction is based on what your reaction is. And then once they see that there is something different, then they'll offer a softball, hoping that your mind would pick up on it and you'll be like, hmm. As opposed to being like, what do you mean I'm not being patient? You know, it's like, you know what I'm gonna do? You're right, I'm gonna go for a walk or I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to go take a nap. So what was, what's been most surprising to you um, and we're talking about home, right? Because you know, work is work. Work is going to be work. I love it. What's most surprising to you about yourself today versus who you were before you started doing the work? Oof. So there, there are a couple of things, but one thing that has helped me trema- tremendously is, and I kind of learned this through the program, is about the narrative we tell us in our own heads. And for me, I had this, you know, this this narrative before going into the program, like I have to be the best I can be for everybody at all times, like without exception. And that, you know, talking about it and saying it out loud now, it's like that's not realistic. But before that was kind of the level I was at. And it's interesting because as I was going through the program and I started to accept that, when you know, you can hear from people and when they talk to you in their language what their narrative is and it's not necessarily you know the same or what you think it is they have their own narrative and regardless of what you say or do 
it's not going to change someone's narrative. The only control I have is the narrative that I have in my own mind and accepting that someone can have a narrative and it may not be and you know it may not be a realistic narrative, but the fact that they have that narrative, I'm okay with that because I have no control over it. I'm still going to be the person I am. I'm still going to give, I'm still going to love as I am, but I'm not going to attempt to live up to someone else's narrative. I can only live up to my own because I have control over that. Whew, she dropped the nugget. I was trying to write it down, but I couldn't talk and write it at the same time. So here's the thing. Once we are manipulated consciously and unconsciously based on the thoughts and expectations of other people because we haven't truly owned who we are because we're so busy trying to make everybody else happy. While you're miserable, what'd you say? Resentful, guilty, and then angry. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's and sometimes the people that you care about do it because they think it's for your own good, but you know it's for your own good. But we've surrendered how we feel in order to make other people feel good about us, and then we feel like crap, which is a cycle. And then once you say, you said, I have to be the best for everyone at all times. Once you start being the best for yourself at all times, then when people say, I think you should like this, you're like, no, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you know exactly. what I'm saying? Yeah. See how confident she is? Like, once you know who you are, you know what you don't like. But, but a problem is, we don't know what we like because what we like as women who are conditioned to be people pleasers, what we like is based on whether or not you like that. I like it. Does that make sense? If yeah. you like it, then I'll like it because I want you to be happy while I'm miserable. And then once you get clear on who you are, it's like, I like it. I really don't care how you feel about it. Does that make sense? I mean, I kind of care, but not that much. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> What are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on the imposter syndrome? So it's this is an interesting one for me because this is something I've actually personally experienced many, many years ago. And I I, it, I saw a definition of it and it it was exactly who I was that many years ago. It's basically it's disproportionately affects high achieving people who don't accept their achievements and don't think they're deserving of their accolades. And again, it comes back to, as you just said, it, when you accept who you are and you do the work, your inner work of understanding the greatness within you and how amazing you are, the, the imposter syndrome doesn't exist anymore because it's all, it's all to do with how someone th is thinking about themselves. And so for me, again, it's it comes down to how you personally are viewing yourself which will allow that that thought that you aren't deserving or you don't belong to creep in i mean i look, look how scholarly you are with your million degrees because i've never really researched <laughs> the imposter syndrome right because i i don't believe it and i think it's whack and i think that corporate has a language of limitations and people be writing these articles um 
to be fancy and it's annoying, but I read them. So because because this is the thing, right? You said something completely different in how women are how women are overusing it in this moment. You said is when people don't accept their achievements and they don't think that they deserve their accolades. I see women all the time who be like, I have the imposter syndrome, which means that they they claim to be a piece of ish. <laughs> and and I'm like, uh, you know, you should be tripling your salary right now. They're like, no, it's from the imposter syndrome. I'm a nobody. So people are misusing it. But if they were research it like the great Rochelle, they would know better. So. <laughs> What advice do you have for women? Um, because everybody's going through something. Does that make sense? Everybody. And, and, and a lot of women haven't changed their circumstance. Like I talk to women all the time who are melting and they won't do anything about it. And they're afraid to change Rochelle. And I'm like, so, I, I, you know, I talked to a lady the other day and I was like, you know, you can double your salary. She was crazy. Uh, the standard. That's why I attract women. And crazy is all relative. But when I say crazy, crazy as in you've run through so many walls that you can't be normal if you've broken that many glass ceilings and run through that many walls uh, in the pursuit of success. So let's let's just back that up a little bit. But and when I told her that she can double her salary, she she didn't believe it for herself. And I said, so you don't believe that I'm a piece of ish. You believe that you a piece of itch. And she was like, yeah. And she wouldn't change it, though, which is insane to me. So what advice do you have for women who are melting? Um, I, I think they, they, they think they're doing it secretly um, because you're melting in front of people that you care about. And uh, and they're afraid to to change or they don't believe that it's possible for them to change. So hmm. this is this. Yeah, this one's a tough one. And, and again, I've experienced fear of changing. So this this answer is coming out of place of love and experience, everyone. Okay, so what would I say to a person who has said they're afraid of change? The first thing I would ask them is, what are you afraid of losing by changing? And there are multiple things that I myself had thought of I would lose by changing. Uh, the, the key three for me were people, how people look at you, and time. So the first one is the people. Okay, we're afraid that when we change, the people around us, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna react poorly. They're gonna do this, that, what have you. Again, we make this story up in our head of what's gonna happen. So my, how I would answer that is, okay, if people are not gonna accept you want to change to better yourself, those people need to be lost. They need to go, and that's that's you know, friends, family. That's the television programs that are telling you that you aren't this, that, what have you. It's the radio shows that are encouraging you to think that you're nothing. Whatever it is, lose it. Because what you're feeding your mind is going to be a huge factor in you moving forward. So lose the people, lose the negative emotions, lose the negative voices, get rid of them. The second one is how people think about you. So people are going to think about you based on how you present yourself to the world. When you make your change and you step into your greatness, people are going to respond in light. They're going to respond to your greatness. And again, if they're going to support you, they'll be there for you. If they're not, lose them. They don't need to be around you. And then lastly, it's time. So again, it's, oh, you know, it's going to take me time to change because it's work. This isn't easy to take the time to look internally, invest in yourself. It takes time. 
but the time is going to go regardless of whether you do something or not. So you may as well do something that betters yourself and take that same time. And, you know, as I can attest to, 10 months later, be in a position where I am, I'm happy, I'm calm, I'm peaceful. I have, I had a good relationship with my family. I feel it's even better now. 10 years, that's 10 months would have gone either way if I decided to work with you and your team or not. Yeah, I was just I was just getting ready to to ask, like, did you believe because I remember when I was in my melting point and, and even for years, um, you know, falling at the bottom of the ocean, drowning and finding, you know, get back up and blow dry my hair and get to it. But did you believe that this level of peace was possible, um, you know, ever? After, you know, not not, you know, from where you are now, but back in the day when I was like, you know, Rochelle, you know, you need to come over here so we can, you know, we can get your peace back. Um, did you believe that this Rochelle right now, it was possible as an adult that you could have this amount of peace? I didn't think so, because, again, I wasn't aware that it existed. <laughs> it was, because, again, it's yeah, I mean, you hear people say they're calm and peaceful. You're like, yeah, yeah, I guess I am, too. But. I honestly, I I wasn't aware that this could be accomplished, and I'm I'm so glad that now I'm actually able to live it and feel it, and it's great. Was was funny. Thanks, Katina. Uh, was was funny is I remember I used to look at yogis, right, and I used to be like, ugh, because they walk around like they're floating in peace. And people who are women who are, oh, I ain't gonna say everybody, I, let's just say I did not like people who were, who had supreme peace. I used to be like this, who walk around that peaceful? But I wanted it secretly. Does that make sense? Right. Or if I see people who happy, be like this, what's she happy? <laughs> and I know people do it to me. Why she's so happy? She ain't going through nothing. You know, um, women who had peace, Women who are happy for no reason. Um, oh, don't even get me started at the people who will be at Barnes and Noble reading books on the weekend. Who has time to be sitting at Barnes and Noble? This is back in the day, right? <laughs> on a Tuesday, drinking coffee in peace while I'm chained to my desk at work, working 80 hours a week. I'm stressed out. I'm crazy. I'm, you know, like, so people who actually had a quality of life. I resent it because I didn't think that it was possible for me. How insane is that? That's a decision that we don't think that we're so locked into our misery that we can't get out. And you and you you jumped out, you know, 10 months. Actually, I think it was probably four or five months. We're, we're five months yeah. past that 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 point of peace. So. All right. Last question. I got to make it good. Whew. What what is one or two things? Give me two uh, that that women can do today to uh, to have peace. Because you have peace. Mm -hmm. What's 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 one? Or, what, give me two. What what are two things that women can do today to have peace? Peace. Hmm. So I think the one of the first things is to admit that you're not at peace. So taking the time to kind of just sit down and, and I mean, it's, it's, it's fine to be still and kind of recognize where you are right now. Because again, I didn't 
make moves and want to work with Christy until I I recognize that something I need something needs to happen. Something needs to change. And thankfully, I wasn't at desperation, but I was at a place where I knew it was going to get bad if I didn't do something. So taking the time to recognize where you are right now and and then another thing that I do that's really helped with the piece is uh, something anyone can do. It's taking time to, to be to yourself and meditate. I, don't, I do a lot of meditation, um, try to do meditation at least three times a day, uh, a week. Um, it doesn't have to be long meditations. It could be 10 minutes, it could be five minutes. Um, I know when I first started the program, I used to do like five minute meditations before I went to work. It just simple things. And it's amazing how it just eases your mind. It just, it brings you back, as Christy mentioned earlier, it brings you back into your own body. Because it's amazing how much we're living life kind of outside of ourselves. So bringing yourself back into your body, you can really live in in your moment and really start living life. So let's, 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 I got one more question. One more. One okay. More. <laughs> okay. You're like this. I'm good. <laughs> what is to be done? Okay. So talk about meditation, right? Because I asked somebody last night on, on a call, you know, we can tell whether or not people are meditating. Like you can tell the difference in how you're showing up. So, you know, if, if, if you're in a program four or five weeks and you still acting a little cray cray, I'd be like this. I know you ain't meditating. And it's not, I know you're not meditating. I can speak correct English. I know you ain't meditating. You can't tell me <laughs> that you are because the tension in your energy is so tight. You're about to snap. So meditation is free. But we think like I, I you know, um, in the Coast Guard, I remember I went to yoga, like by the time I admitted to myself that I was in trouble, I was almost 90 percent in the ground. <laughs> like by the time we realize we're in trouble because high achieving women have a high pain tolerance and we can't we're everybody's superhero. So we can't really be going through anything like you can't really be going because work needs you. Life needs you. Your family needs you. So by the time we recognize in ourselves, I'm in trouble. We're already 90% done. By the time we admit it to somebody else, you're 95% in the ground. And I remember trying to like, and at that point, I'm, I'm like trying to grab onto the ladder, but it was it was oil on the ladder. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to do, now I'm going to meditate. And and I went to a yoga studio and they lit, uh, they lit a hundred incense, not a hundred. But a hundred instances, I was like, oh my God. So, I, and, and even though I was meditating not to respond, I wasn't meditating before it popped off. I only meditated when it popped off, right? So I like when mm -hmm. you said it before work, because now you're setting yourself up to be able to receive what's going to happen because there's always going to be something that's going to happen. So how, like, what, what does meditation mean to you? Like, what does that look like? Cause I want people to know is not, you don't have to hit a gong and you're not worshiping Buddha and you ain't, you know, calling, you know, own spirits from wherever you're not calling on the water people on the land. People is like, what, what does it look like? Um, because I, I, you know, I had someone who was concerned and they were like, that's against my religious preferences. I'm like, what? <laughs> 
inside is 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 against your religion. Go ahead. So I mean, what I found, I mean, I again the the you the meditations I do before work, it's like they're on YouTube. They're literally five minutes long, and it's just a case of a lot of the times it's just encouraging you to focus in on your breath because again when you it's interesting when you focus in on your breath the calm and the peace that comes over you is incredible and it's just you know it's you're going to have a good day there is you know there is peace this is your moment of peace just embrace this time and again it it doesn't have to be you don't have to prepare our entire room. I literally sit in front of my computer, put my headphones on, put YouTube on for a five minute medi guided meditation. And by the time I'm over, I'm like, yes, I'm ready for this day. Let's go. So what are, what are the people saying to you on, on the guided meditation? Because I like the guided when people be like, oh, I can't sit there because my mind is racing. It's going here, 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 here. I'm like this, but you need somebody talking to you. What mm -hmm. are they? Do you remember what they're saying to you? So the ones on YouTube, they usually it's, you know, they're kind of like affirmation. It's like, you know, focus on the breath, on the inhale, the exhale, look at the, you know, you notice the pause in the breath, you're, you know, it's, um, you know, your, your positivity, it's growing just that little bit more. It's, and then again, I have also like the car map where, you know, you've got the 10 minute guided meditations and I do those in the evening and, and again, it's just focusing on the breath. And what I, you know, like with that, and I'm not trying to advertise anything, but what I enjoy with those is that, you know, it's kind of like, if your mind is wandering, that's okay. Pay attention, you know, notice that it's wandering. Just bring your attention back to the breath. It's fine. You know, don't beat yourself up. It's it's fine. You know, the mind is very active. It will wander. So bring it right back to the breath. Breathe in, breathe out your, you know, and it's it's very enjoyable. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. All right, ma'am. Well, uh, thank you so much for showing up, everyone. I am doing live next week um, in Total Fulfillment with Christy, uh, my exclusive private online community uh, where you get on-demand access to my videos and my interviews and stuff that I've had in the vault for years. But I'm doing how to calculate your value in the market, right? Like, so many women are working so far beneath their value. It's insane. I think that women can double their salary. All women should double their salary this year. That should be the goal. Like some women be like, I make 130. And I'd be like, all right, well, how much do you want to make? I'm asked for a big raise. Okay, how much? 150. What? You already know. <laughs> what? You asked for, that's not that big. Um, but anyway, so you can join us at tfwchrissy.com. Rochelle, thank you so much for showing up and sharing your insight you. with the listeners and the viewers. Um, don't hang up, but thank you so yeah. much, ladies, for joining, ladies and gentlemen. If y'all missed any part of this, catch the replay. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review if you love this episode. Follow Christy on Instagram and LinkedIn. And don't forget to get her free gift by texting change now, all one word. Again, change now to 66866. Until next time, go out and win bigger.